I'm your host, Stephen Gutteridge, and welcome to Mid-South Moments. Welcome back to part two of our live show look back on 1984 Mid-South. Dan Phillips is here. How are you doing today, Dan? Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Good stuff. So I did a bit of digging in between shows and a little bit more about the discovery of these tapes. This is from the Wrestling Observer website on June 25th, 2015. The entire Paul Bosch Houston Wrestling Library with many of the matches complete with original commentary by Bosch himself was discovered. The matches span the late 1960s through 1986. And the library apparently was stored in an air-conditioned unit and the quality and clarity of the audio and colour is said to be amazing. And some of these matches have not been seen in over 40 years. So I couldn't find any more details about this, but obviously, clearly, this is the reason why these were, these were kept um, and this, this ultimately became the NWA on-demand service that you could pay for, which has obviously now all found its way to, um, to YouTube. So first up, we're looking at the July 6th, 1984 match from the Sam Houston Coliseum in Houston, Texas. This is Magnum TA versus Ted DiBiase for the North American Championship. So um, I thought the production was slightly worse on this one than the other match we've watched so far with the arena looking a little bit dark. Um, the crowd was hot for this North American title match, as you'd expect. And this was, aside from the Midnights and Rock and Roll, um, the match I was most looking forward to on the list. Uh, DiBiase took control around the four-minute mark and slammed Paul Magnum's back into the ring post on the outside. Back in the ring, he climbed to the top rope to drop a fist and the crowd actually gasped and many screamed at the prospects of their favourite taking this move. DiBiase's offence looked really crisp and I thought Magnum did a great job in selling the beat down and showing himself in some real peril. The action slowed a little around the seven-minute mark when DiBiase applied a camel clutch but the crowd soon bought into this as a potential finish and got behind Magnum to break out of it and reacted big when he did, sending Ted to the outside. Uh, Magnum was hurled into the ring post again, this time face first, um, just under the 10-minute mark and also into a ringside chair. When he was hurled back in by DiBiase, he was busted wide open, albeit it was a little bit difficult to see on this recording. The champion looked done for, but had a brief moment of comeback where he caught Ted with a small package for a great near fall. The onslaught continued on a completely bloody Magnum before eventually he backdropped his way out of a pile driver attempt and rallied. Magnum's comeback with the two traded before over the, before he took over was great. DiBiase was hurled into one corner and the top rope came away completely. DiBiase tried to grab it, but Magnum did instead and hit Ted with a metal turnbuckle connector for a near fall. Um, there was a weird spot where the ref did a drop down when Magnum was running what was left of the ropes and DiBiase did a stun gun on Magnum. Someone was frantically fixing the ropes in the corner as DiBiase pulled out his glove and went to the top rope for the fist drop. But Magnum moved and then hit the belly-to-belly -belly suplex for the win in 15-11 to a super reaction from this crowd. I thought this was a tad slow in the middle, um, but this was ultra-dramatic with Magnum beaten down and bloody and finally coming back to get the clean win. Um, before I give my rating on this one, Dan, what did you think of this uh, Magnum versus Ted DiBiase contest? Yeah, so similar to keep the thing going, similar to the last one. There's a lot less YouTube comments for this show. Oh, right, in, okay. Yeah. In each match here, there's a lot less. Um, but this had quite a lot, actually. Uh, ten comments. One, 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 maybe. I was quite impressed with Ted, Ted DiBiase, actually. And, um, but um, someone's called him without, without, <laughs> without his uh, being in the, this, this promotion at WWF. He's more like the thousand dollar man, which I thought was a bit harsh. That is harsh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, someone mentioned that how, when, with this video, that the ring seems about 25 foot sort of long wise as you look at the screen, but then only sort of seems to go back about 10 foot, like 
it doesn't oh, seem I like see. a square. Stru- like stretched out a bit in the way, <laughs> yeah. way it's done. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, and then there was um, so, there was actually a query on, on in the comments section. Um, okay. Which I wanted to raise with you. Um, someone went on to Wikipedia, and I was part of me was going, "Cool, someone's got a lot of time in their hands." As I was sitting there on Wikipedia, <laughs> um, and someone says that at this time when they looked at the who owned the belt, um, that TA held the belt between May the May the thirteenth and October the sixteenth, nineteen eighty four. May the thirteenth. October the 16th and someone said why is Ted DiBiase coming out with the belt because wasn't he the champion no he wasn't um Magnum was a champion oh was he yeah I thought thought they said new champion in it I I I agreed with this person so no yeah um there was something there's two of us that thought that I don't know there was did someone say it on a um on the video was it sorry I'm confused here did someone was there a um like a voiceover before the start of this match on this one or was this not one of the ones that had that no I don't think so um maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong I just thought no I'm pretty sure Again, now, now I'm like, now I'm confused, and I don't want to sort of cause it cause any controversy here. But <laughs> I, I've written it down, so obviously maybe we'll, we'll go back in a bit and uh, have a look when we maybe later on in the pod. Um, the other thing on YouTube is if you are viewing the comments, there's some some comments on there that I'd probably lose. There's someone that's really really likes Ted DiBiase. Yeah, an adult in nature that makes Terry's comments look very, very normal. Uh, yeah. There's some. Very explicit comments about what someone likes, like how much they like Ted DiBiase. Mm. So, told you not to look at it, but you're all going to look down here. Yeah? You're going to love a little bit of that. <laughs> anyway, there was me Wikipedia um, YouTube comment run through. Um, the star of the show for me in this match is the ref. Uh, I noticed little things like the match started and TA puts his hands up like a sort of fist, puts his fist up, sorry, and sort of does a little sort of few boxing jabs. The ref does the same. Oh, really? The ref also puts his hands up and does a few boxing jabs. Then, obviously, I couldn't stop watching the ref. The ref is, you know, when you're at, you know, as, as we go to, to Fulham and stuff, and people go, oh, you headed every, headed every ball, we've done all that. And sometimes, you know, a cross will come in and the player's heading it and you're in the crowd and you're pretending to head it. The ref was ducking, diving. When someone got hit, he was moving back. He was, like, he was in that He was match. selling it, yeah. And that, made, that meant for me that, as you touched upon, at the end, he was in the match. Yeah. When Terry Taylor comes off the ropes, the ref falls to the floor, so Terry Taylor jumps over him. Magnum TA, sorry. Magnum TA. Magnum TA, yeah. sorry. Jumps over him, and then he comes back, and oh, honestly, I was like, he's got his moment. Yeah. He wanted to be in that match, <laughs> and he's got in the match. He is the absolute star of the show for me in, in that. I suppose um, better dropping if it better him dropping down than than get knocked uh, into. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've just never yeah. seen that before. But no. he was he was in it. Um, yeah, so 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 that that bit, yeah, I sort of just yeah, just loved it. Love, love the referee and that. Um, as for the ring, I don't think that was meant to come apart. Oh no, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I think they improvised with the um, the shot on the turnbuckle corner yeah. bit. Yeah, definitely. And. I mean, I think we touched upon it in the last show around the sort of the flimsiness of the ring. Mm. And these two big blokes have literally, in essence, made the ring fall down. There's one moment, actually, TA comes off of 
the ropes and it's just one bloke holding it one side and one bloke holding it the other side um, yes when they're yeah, trying to yeah. keep it up yeah. that's actually at the bit where the referee falls down um so yeah i thought that was i, 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 thought, I thought that was weird the on me um on my blood watch on me blade me blade <laughs> the blade blade man there's a few spoiler uh, blood uh, elements during these six matches um but Every single one, so I'm not going to keep going into it. Just to clarify, every single one, the camera cuts away, so you can you can't you can't see it. see it. Okay, yeah. What I would say is Magnum's blood, how it come out, he cut well because he had he has what Jr. would refer to as a crimson mask. I would yes. say, yes. As I sit here in my uh, crimson Oklahoma Sooners T-shirt. Um, which I've uh, given, I've now got into a uh, college football, and for me, having watched Mid South and listening to Phil and Jr., there's only one team for me to start following. So yes, I'm already decked out in the merchandise. But yeah, it was um, it was very much um, yeah, it was he literally his face was covered in blood. Um, but, uh, uh, um, do you know what, Dan? You are right about that belt. So doubt what- everyone. So, so what, what I think this was, was that the clip start, there's two bits that are wrong here. So the clip, so they're idiots to start off with, NWA uh, Classics On Demand, um, as, as I will go on to in more detail towards the end of this, uh, the end of this podcast. Well, I'm gonna, I'm, I, the listeners can look forward to a, a customary rant about something towards the end. Um, so what they got wrong here is, so Ted DiBios is holding the belt. I imagine because just before the clip starts, Magnum, the champion, has handed it over to the referee for the referee to display. And DiBiotti, being a heel, has taken it from the referee and held it up, basically, before giving it back to the referee. So therein lies confusion number one. Confusion number two is, even though this title history is available everywhere online, you can check it. You know, Magnum's the champion. Ted DiBiotti wasn't champion in 84. Um, they key the bottom of the video with Ted DiBiotti's North American champion. So that's, yes, that's, that's what the I reason. I yeah, there we go. So that's the reason. I, I apologies. I, I thought Thank I'd noted that down, but I didn't. <laughs> I hadn't. But there we go. That's the reason why. Um, and yeah, just just plain, just not very good from uh, our friends at NWA Classics on Demand, which yeah, is also sure. the same as when they decide to add commentary onto matches, which was done in post production. But we'll talk about that in about an hour's time. Oh, I will, I will talk about that. We'll yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to the yeah, so he's blood, and actually, what he does with that thing is he sort of hulks up a little bit. Mm. Uh, Magnum, which uh, you know, and it looked re- it, it re- looked really really good, and it all added to just a like just just a if you if you knew that like you got these two and Magnum's going to win right at the ending, it ended exactly as you as you would have thought. That's a good ending. Yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, DBSE loads the glove, comes down, misses, power slam, pop from the crowd. It sounds predictable, but when it's just when it works that well, it was just you know it was poetry. I don't. I th- finished. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Bang. Love that. I love the ending. Yeah. This is a classic babyface finish. I- I'm going um, recommend here with perhaps a slight leaning towards must see. What would you rate this one? I've gone solid recommend. Okay. Great. Um, yeah. Because I like I like the ending, um, and just want people to check the ref out. Just, yes. Just living his, he's living his wrestling dream, in my view. In that match. <laughs> so you know, watch good your stuff. Way. So a very solid start there, and um, 
fortunately, I think that, you know, the quality, does the quality remain quite as high throughout? We shall see. So August the 3rd, 1984 from the Sam Houston Coliseum again. We've got Terry Taylor versus Dr. Death Steve Williams for the Mid-South Television Championship this time. Um, the video has a brief post-produced announcement from NWA Classics on it before we head into the ring for the contest. Taylor and Williams both sporting blue and unfortunately there's not a football helmet in sight. Um, there was also a steady cam at ringside, um, I think for the first time in these matches so far. Um, Taylor had the early going with the crowd loud, but markedly not as loud as they had been for some of the other matches. In fact, during a very early rest hold spot, they quietened down quite a lot, um, which is perhaps not surprising considering Williams and Taylor were down on the mat and not doing very much for what seemed like an eternity. Um, a wretched arm lock followed where Taylor basically just held Williams with no joint manipulation or any positive reason for being there other than taking their time and conserving energy all of three and a half minutes in. Williams got on top with a punch of Taylor over the referee's back and the heat from the crowd did grow a little bit. Williams again employed a long rest hold here with Taylor in a headlock on the ground. Um, I'm not sure whether these two had a particularly heavy night the previous evening or perhaps one or both were working hurt Obviously, you know, these guys worked a, um, a tough schedule. And I'm not saying that, you know, I could produce anything, even one million percentage as athletic or as good as these guys. But this was terribly, terribly slow early on. Um, perhaps just not to my taste, but I always feel like a match should start somewhat hot and then they can move this sort of thing in the middle sections if they want to, to, you know, gain some energy back before, you know, gearing up hard towards the finish. Finally, at the nine-minute mark, and nine minutes of just nothing, and Taylor fought back and hit a cross-body block for a near fall. Williams soon got back on the offence and before, um, before long was right back down in the front face lock uh, because what the match needed at that point was another rest hold. Taylor's eventual fight back did get a good reaction from the crowd and he scored a near fall with a roll-up before Williams got him right back in with a front face lock. Taylor fought out of the suplex after 14 tiresome minutes and the crowd started to react hugely fired shots into Williams. And the finish finally came after Taylor drop kicked Williams to the outside. He went out after him and the two fought on the floor before Williams hurled Taylor into a ring post, which I believe led to a bizarre disqualification in 16 minutes and 51 seconds. Williams tried to attack him after the bell, but Taylor hit him with his patented flying forearm. I must be honest, I hated this match. Um, the crowd did get into it, Taylor's comeback. And there is the old adage of great pro wrestling being about doing as little as possible and generating the biggest crowd reaction. But this just wasn't for me at all. Rest hold after rest hold after rest hold and barely any, any action with a really bad finish. Um, you could probably guess where I'm going with my match rating on this one. Before I do, what did you think about this one, Dan? And any interesting YouTube comments? Perhaps this was a remedy for sleep problems, perhaps from some, some uh, wrestling fans out there. Just when you just open this up by saying, oh, I wonder if that was uh, what we've got to look forward to in the rest of the card, I froze because I thought, oh my gosh, I hope you didn't think this was any good. <laughs> this was, I love making notes. We've had this chat before, I do it by hand. I like that, I do a mid-south, oh God, it's all writer's cramp. I've got barely any writer's cramp. In this yeah. um, and as YouTube, two comments. One was, thanks for uploading. One was, <laughs> one was, that's a young Dr. Death. He's got short hair, which, number one, I don't, did he have long hair? And this was uh, a His old Japan days was a little bit longer. Ah, yeah, but a not Japanese a huge amount. Individual, he was a Japanese individual that left the car. Oh, okay, okay. So two comments, two comments, which I thought, yeah, probably a testament to the match. Um, what did I, what, did, what, what can I say? 
there was a sign in the crowd, which you very rarely see. That yes, true. No, that little bit of novelty was on me. I found myself just staring at Terry Taylor now every time he gets takes his jacket off. Um, yeah, in case it's smells. a cheeky <laughs> sniff, but he didn't. So even it didn't even have that. Um, I, I did see that at the start. Given what we just watched, um, Taylor was really pulling on the ropes at the start of the match, and I was yeah. thinking, "Whoa, mate, leave that." Be um, careful, yeah. Going back to the holds, I think I've been on this before. I mentioned that it's not that I don't, that's not really what I find entertaining. I I don't want full high flying gymnastics. But holds, I just think there's a place and a time and a place. I understand why wrestlers use them, et cetera, et cetera. I try to, in my mind, justify this on the basis that, as you say, they, they repeat this match for X amount of times. On the TV taping, the matches are five minutes. So they're quick, they're full of moves, blah, blah, blah. They've got to then... This one, I think, lasted well. This you sixteen, nearly seventeen minutes. 17 minutes. Yeah, the, yeah. The match was just under seventeen minutes. Right, sixteen fifty-one. Seventeen. Okay, so I I take back what I said about um, the bloke on Wikipedia earlier because this guy that's talking right now, i.e., me, um, I paused when they went into a hold and unpaused when they come out, and I worked out that there was four hold segments. Okay. Total in 11 minutes, there we 17 go. seconds. That's a great and you stat. said what? The, there, was se- there was 17 minutes of wrestling. Yeah. The match was 17 minutes. 11 minutes, 17 seconds was in a hold. Yeah. That is what we're looking at here. So, take that out. You've got six minutes of wrestling, which is what they do on the TV. Yes. So, it's like they've, 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 they've extended this match, which is the one thing that we say we... That was the main thing that we say we like about the, the, the justify the shortness of a mid south match is to say full of action, bang bang bang, keeps you entertained. Yep. That they've been told extend the match, and unlike some of the others, and maybe it's the, maybe it's these guys, and maybe it's just I don't know, but they've gone. How should we feel the extra fifteen minutes? Do you know? I just want to cuddle. Do you know what I mean? That's well, how it felt. It. Like and I know, and you're, you're right, and that's the thing. If if you showed me, um, uh, did you watch? I can't show what I can't think of the guy who faced um, the John Moxley match at the collective thing, um, the, the and 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 also uh, at the Josh Barnett Bloodsport thing. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, blood, yeah, yeah. So so there was some stuff on that, and that is quite niche stuff, I think, on there. And I I, think I probably yeah. liked it a little bit more than you liked it. Oh uh, yeah. But but, yeah. but the thing with that stuff is a lot of that stuff when they were doing holds and they were doing grappling, there was. If you're, and again, this is 1984 versus 2020. We Mixed martial arts wasn't a thing then, and I understand that. But the, the problem I have with this, and perhaps um, more so with, you know, we talk about 2020 vision now, but if there's no struggle and there's no risk of a submission, you shouldn't be doing it. So there needs to be, there needs to, in wrestling, there needs to, we talk about things not looking real. I mean, and we talk about people believing and not believing. If you're holding someone's arm, and you're laying on the mat, and you're not you're not manipulating their elbow or their shoulder. What exposes the business more? Lying down and doing that, or, or a headlock that's not on, or like John Cena's STF used to be, where he wasn't doing anything, or the Young Bucks doing a backflip. There, yeah. if you're if you're really if you can't suspend your disbelief for things that don't look real, and wrestling hasn't been real. Wrestling hasn't looked real for two hundred years, a hundred years certainly. Then that I have I have an issue with that, 
So that's yeah. the thing. I, I, I think whole, there's a place and time for submission style wrestling and that sort of thing. And there's people doing this sort of stuff. In, um, in Japan, there was a promotion, UWF, which was a, which was a bit like the Bloodsport stuff, which would, was, was, was kind of like heavy shoot orientated. Um, I think it was around this time because there was an early UWF match that was um, that was rated five stars by by Dave Meltz that was very you know very um, was it UWF because that just trying trying to think what the um, what the Japanese yeah it was it was UWF in Japan um, so yes yeah, same name as obviously what what Mid South ended up being so they were founded in 1984 and they did kind of shoot style wrestling where there was lots of grappling lots of submissions. But that's the thing. If there's a struggle, it can work. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but there was no struggle here. And that was, that was a problem for me. Sorry, Dad, any more on um, this Taylor and Williams classic? No, well, my last comment is the fact that having sat through 11 minutes of holds, it ends in a, it ends in a DQ. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, get, I, get, I guess that they are, they're probably doing some DQs in some of these matches to build for returns. So I'm not going to be too hard on the finish. But yeah, this is this is this is a big time skip for me. It's a solid, solid skip. Yes, it's a massive skip. And I'll tell you something that is not a skip, and that is August 31st, 1984. Correct. Midnight Express <laughs> versus the Fantastics. So here we go. So Midnight Express versus the Fantastics. Um, as the video starts, the Fantastics are out to their great Zizi Top sharp dressed man theme, which I absolutely love. They have the great red long coats on. And as the ring announcer declares that this is a non-title match, um, the Midnight's aren't matching, unfortunately. Uh, Bobby Fulton taps his rear in a kind of kiss my ass kind of way in the direction of Jim Cornette and then struts away and the match is on. There's huge heat for Jim Cornette on the apron at the start and he gives Bobby Eaton a little kiss for luck on the cheek, which I enjoyed. And I then found myself whistling sharp dressed man as I was watching. And this went on for a good 10 seconds or so before I caught myself. And um, hilarious Cornette again on the outside, putting his fists up and jumping back and forward on his toes, challenging Fulton. And there was a great moment earlier on when all four men are in the ring and the Fantastics basically forced the Midnights into making a mistake, which ended up with Condry backdropping Eaton. And um, there's another really good bit where Fulton slides out of the ring after doing a crisscross with Condry. Um, and goes after Cornette. Um, he jump, Cornette jumps up on the ring corner to escape, and then he looks like he's had a terrible episode, sells how scared he was, and until he just loses it, it completely switches, um, and takes off his jacket and just goes mad, and he has to be held back by the Midnight Express. Just absolute classic Jim Cornette stuff. I mean, that just that bit, it was already a recommend at that point. Um, later, Cornette did enact his revenge on Fulton by laying in some shots with the referees, the classic... Poor, poor Mid-South officiating with the referee's back turned. Um, the Midnight has got a sustained period of offence, building the heat following Cornette's interference. And you could feel the rumbling of the crowd as they were desperate for their favourites to get back on top. So the Midnight's continually beat down Rogers, including Cornette getting more shots in on the outside. Rogers got a brief and brilliant hope spot with a small package, but Condry broke it up. All four men were so, so good in this one. They teased and teased and teased Rogers making the tag until finally he was able to break away from Eaton with a great drop kick and make it to Fulton, which the crowd came absolutely unglued for. All four men were in there and Eaton held Rogers into the referee. Fulton was slammed by Condry and Eaton went for the elbow drop while being held by Dennis. Fulton moved and the elbow hit Condry on the back of the head. Fulton then covered him for 1-2-3 in 17-22 to a supersonic reaction from this crowd. Cornette's post-match protestations and tantrum were great as the Fantastics headed back to the locker room. I absolutely love this. What did you think of this Fantastics versus the Midnight Express? 
Ah, oh, brilliant. I mean, it was brilliant, definitely. I mean, I was looking back now, I'm like, okay, did I get overexcited because of what I just watched? Yeah. I did watch <laughs> yeah. back to back. Um, YouTube, three comments for this. Um, two that just talk, talking about a good match. One actually made a very good comment about um, it's mad how there was heat, uh, heat uh, you know, booing or whatever, for the start where um, Cornet and and the Midnight Express were hugging. Yes. And it was like, I got this man. Now, I just thought that was just because they were delaying it, but someone's viewed it as in, because it's, you know, a bit like we said before, too. Oh, interesting. In okay, like yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting how people view it. Maybe, maybe you know, who knows? Um, so... I guess that will probably was the button they were pushing, be. but soft, it, it seemed, softly it, with the kiss and stuff, weren't they? Yeah, yeah but, it seemed completely unnecessary. I didn't really understand. It yeah, I guess, but it's it's just you know it's the sign of the time. Again, it's the sign of the times, isn't it? But like, um, obviously, as you say, this is all classic, isn't it? And actually, they um, they delay the start of every match, really. Yes. Don't they? So, yeah. um, a couple of things there for me. Fantastics looked. Absolutely brilliant in their coordination. Yes. Yeah. Um, I know you have a bee in your bonnet about the Midnight Express. They look, <laughs> to be honest, I normally think, oh, you're getting on about that. It annoyed me, this one. Yeah, this good. It annoyed me because the Fantastic looked brilliant. Yeah. And secondly, Midnight Express, one of them was, may have well have been a Fantastic, if you know what I mean. Oh, because the colours are red. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So it's yeah. even more annoying me. Not only do yeah. you not match up with your. You've yeah, you can't really do that. Bit. Yeah, that was, and it's only because I think he had long trunks on that you could tell the difference. Yeah, Eaton wore long got... trunks, didn't he? And Conjure right. wore um, so, uh, Eaton wore tights and Conjure wore little pants, didn't he? Trunks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, so I get that. Um, also, thought it was quite interesting. I don't know if you noticed when they said it was a non-title match, the crowd properly booed that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. The crowd yeah. really booed But that. then when they uh, announce that, you can see where they're going. They're going with the babyface win to set up the title match that the Fantastics don't don't win. Yeah. So I so guess, see, yeah. I don't know who wins this. So when I heard it was an untitled match, I was like, right, well, they're going to win this. Yeah. And for that exact reason, and it, there's a time and a place for these matches. I'm not sure. Um, I put in this. I obviously, as I mentioned earlier, on, love the ref in the first one. This is a this is the Jim Cornette show. Yes. This is. Him putting his fists up, but we're not talking, you know, you've, you've seen blokes, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, people might be fighting between blokes out on the street is ridiculous anyway. But, you know, you'll have people maybe going, come on there tonight, hands down all that. But then you'll have the cartoons where someone's like, yeah, I'll put them up, sucker, put them up and all that. <laughs> That's how he is. He's like a cartoon yeah, wanting to fight yeah. someone. Yeah, he and is. he just, he looks absolutely ridiculous and it's brilliant. Yeah, um, so, so good, isn't it? And um, I also noticed that um, we had that, I, I mentioned in the last show, actually, about how Ricky Morton used that uh, kicking kick the tag away, kicking the tag away, and then doing like a hurricane runner. Yes. And that happened again. That happened again. So I quite like that again. I um, also quite like the Fantastics um, little sort of synced point to the outside, like a little dance, and then pointing to Connor on the outside. Um and it was quite interesting trying to compare it to now. The so both the Midnight Express are outside. Um, the Fantastics do this sort of like little sort of equivalent of like a handshake to point to the outside. Nowadays, and I was expecting then, and I just remembered, oh, hang on, I'm watching this in '84. I was just waiting for they both point to the outside. They bounce off the rope, and they as as a oh a dive, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tope suicida, yeah, yeah. 
you're waiting for that and then you realize that didn't happen then no. um, uh, but i like, guess you know, probably I was... some people were doing it now i guess i guess in mexico and also dynamite kid and tiger mask would have probably done dies but yeah, yeah it but wasn't it there. wasn't well I mean, known is, yeah but outside the ring that's the gym floor that's rock hard yes. i think it generally happens the floor's padded yeah um so yeah so that was good the fans actually count to 10 when they're on the outside, but they don't get counted out, which I thought was quite amusing. The fans <laughs> got up to about 12. Um, so, yeah, and then so I saw that. Um, and then the other things that I was, I was looking at, oh, yeah, the other thing with Cornette where they slide, when they slide outside the ring, fantastic slide side, and to get away, Cornette jumps up onto the turnbuckle and, like, hangs on the top rope. Yes. Legs for the top rope. Absolutely. And then when he comes down, he's pretending he's, like close to having a heart attack yes and then he hops back up and he starts going mad and offering yeah, for a that fight was brilliant. i'm just literally just like look at this that, bloke that acting this bloke. I, I know it was comedic but that acting he went from like he's just been given the worst news he's ever com- gonna have in his life and he looked yeah. sh- he looked physically shaken and it was all for comedic effect but it wasn't we're not saying he's gonna win an oscar for this but it, it was like this is incredible the look on his face and he went from that to just just like losing losing it completely um, yeah yeah so so good just just oh, brilliant, brilliant stuff there, there was some chance but i didn't know i couldn't understand what they were i don't know if you could hear i, I tried to listen no to them. i tried to listen out for them i suspect they were probably quite derogatory but they I definitely had the word cornet in them but yes. i'm guessing they wouldn't have been pro cornet if you no, know no no um so yeah and but then what's great as well then is then then the match continues and then I've said this before, the guy is the master of being a manager because you have all of that and him being like a little baby or whatever. And all of a sudden, slick as you like, double, like, you know, yes. quick punch to the face. Yeah. There was one where they'd done a triple team where he held the, he held one side, uh, one of the tag team held the other. And while they'd been like, sprays come down, like, I don't, like, done a triple team. Like, just absolutely brilliant. Um, then you just had the master, 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 wasn't he? Really, he really was. Yeah, yeah. which lets me to a point actually that when I, when I watch interviews with him now, um, having having stopped watching wrestling for a long time, particularly, you know, when he was in WWE, I don't recall this guy, right? So, and since, you know, been fortunate enough for you to have me on here, sort of, you know, take pride in my work, so do a bit of research. Here. Yeah, hardest working man in podcasts. Thank you very much. Um, and, um, and obviously, but the dark side, he's on a lot of the dark side of the rings and, Yes. When I watch them, I think he comes across like a bit of a, you know, I don't want to, you know, keep the language nice, but he also comes across very, uh, like, I, I always view that he, he's living in the past. Yes. And, but actually, what I actually thought today was, no wonder he's living in the past, because in the past, he was bloody great. Like, yeah, like, like, yeah. I look at him going, actually, yeah, you know, he's constantly talking about, how things were and then also he's trying to sort of talk about things now but i'm like no your views i'm not sure if he's fully adapted his views to 2020 like oh no he hasn't yeah he definitely hasn't yeah but i know but now i get why he lives in the past in the past he was great so no wonder he's probably lives there because he probably thinks that's when i was in my absolute element um and i find that interesting because it also makes me sort of because of the interviews i see with him now when I see all this, I always just have that tinge of I don't really like him when I see him now. So I don't like sort of getting too much into him back then. But yeah, I'm slowly sort yeah. of just moving and just thinking, do you know what? Treating it like when you've got like an old grandparent that's sort of not moved with the times and you laugh about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm viewing him like that. But because he's a bit younger, you're like, you should know better. Well, um, this you know, is the it. Grandpa- the grandparents that have these views, yeah, we've all got them, right? 
they're retired and when they make these comments, right, they're making them in their lounge, in their front room, to their grandkids. Yeah, it's not great, but who's it affecting? No one. This guy's got a job. This guy's still working. He's still fully involved in stuff and has been for years. You need to move you need to move your views. You can't be just going making flippant comments. The thing I think for him is that he he's 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 an excellent historian. You're right in what he says, like how 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 could you not be immersed in what you did yourself and what you did happened to be just phenomenal, you know, phenomenal time, phenomenal, like an incredible time in the business. The thing with Cornet is I wonder how much is he, he has personal vendettas about people with people and he worked with young bucks, etc. and those people. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff now I wonder is, is this for the sake of viewers on his uh, viewers on his podcast, listeners on his podcast yeah. and for the sake of money, you going to, is this what he generally believes? Because I, I don't know. I suspect that the, the, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, Mitch, but um, yeah. you, you know, we talked about this on the last show. You, 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 you cannot like modern wrestling because it's not your, it's not your cup of tea and there's nothing wrong with that. You, you know, you can say, oh, I really enjoyed the first three series of Game of Thrones, but it was rubbish after yeah. the dragon or whatever, spoiler alert. Um, but, you know, that's fair enough. But that, that's I mean, not I, mean that... I can have the view that, you know, you've just said that and I don't watch it because I'm a grown man and I don't watch things with dragons in. Exactly. You know I mean? just, exactly. You know, but I'm exactly. not going to hold it against you, Steve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. So that's, that's the thing. But I, I think that you... I, I couldn't say, and I did watch all the Game of Thrones, but that's, that's a bad example. <laughs> I couldn't say, well, I don't believe that they could possibly make a good Game of Thrones now or something, another series, if they did another series. Nah. And, and that's the same, it's a bit, bit of a tangent example there, but what, nah, are, you but give, what, you what are you giving this? Um, I, I'm going, again, between, between recommend and, what, and almost must, must watch for me. What do you think rating-wise? I've got a recommend for... And... and, and, and Look, it's a decent match, but I think watching, I think you're watching Cornet yes. in his absolute pomp here. You see a bit, you see a bit of everything with him. Yeah, and exactly. actually, just to clarify, I did not see the um, him like throwing a tantrum at the end. I mean, he's on his bum, like hopping around the ring. But I tell you what, I did like it's a non-title match, and he's lost his mind that they've lost that. Yes, yeah, and exactly. Talking about modern wrestling, and I'm talking maybe even in the last sort of 20, 20, 25 years. Minutes a non-title match. Whoever, if the champion loses, they don't care. Well, that they used to, Cena used to get a lot of stick for that. He'd, he'd, he'd lose, a, lose a WWE title and he'd come out and roar the next night and have a big smile on his face. And they'd always like, why is this guy doing this? But yeah, and I thought the crowd was really excellent here. So we're going to go into a trip and slightly into Bizarro World for our next match, which is uh, from November the 9th, 1984. Um, Sam Houston Coliseum again. And it's Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Ted DiBiase. So we have commentary on this, and after going back and forth uh, and listening, did did the um, obviously the later matches. I believe this was actually original commentary, and this was Paul Bosch himself. So I'm not sure when this was put together or aired, as DiBiase was not the North American champion when this match took place. Um, so as the commentator had said, yeah, you thought it was Paul Bosch. I I put a question mark whether it was Boyd Pierce. Was it definitely not him? No, no, no. I, no that, it wasn't Boyd Pierce. And the only reason I say that. It's because, and look, I, I, that's one of my questions I had for you, was because I noticed later on in the match, the commentator was ringside and they had like a green suit on. Uh, Boyd was there, wasn't he? Um, and because, and I thought it wasn't Boyd's voice though, was it? I don't, yeah, I didn't think it was. So, but, I, unless yeah. it was just the timing, but I, I thought I saw 
someone talking into the mic in a green suit, and I just thought must be him. I think Boyd was the ring announcer. So, so okay. So we've Might not to skip. Yeah, not to skip too far ahead. In the last match, there's commentary, but it's not this guy. But they sound alike. They don't sound all that dissimilar. So I went back and watched an interview with Paul Bosch, and compared oh. the other two voices. And I think I th- I'm, I'm fairly sure. And this with is that, him. I've just lost my hardest working podcast. Wrestling. No, no, but I, I, if, <laughs> you know what, if, if, if the, the end, the end commentary frustrated me so much that I felt like I, I, I redid my notes in this a couple of times, and that because it sounded to start off with, I thought this was original commentary again. And I was like, "Who's this other guy?" And I was like, Wikipedia, and I was like, "What's going on here?" But anyway, I think this this is him. And as I say, this is this is not. Spoiler alert, DBRC may or may not end up North American champion at some point in the near future, but um, he wasn't when this match, this match was on. Um, so um, the two are at it in a big brawl right from, from the bell with DBRC an absolute bumping machine. Bosch amusingly said that the crowd was chanting Dugan, Dugan, and while uh, Haxel would prefer Duggan, he will accept Dugan from the crowd. Um, he also used a dated term when describing some exciting little people wrestling coming up next year at the Coliseum and that these guys would steal the show. He also, in perhaps my favourite moment, called 1985, 1985. 1985. Has anyone ever called a year 1900 and something since like 1909? I don't think so, but there we go. Just to add to that, just to add to that, he called the date. Uh, he was talking about the future. Yeah, he must have been talking about 85. He said, Friday, February the 1. Yeah, February the 1, 1985. <laughs> yeah, come to the Mid-South Coliseum. Oh, it's not Mid-South Coliseum. It's come to the Sam Houston Coliseum to see some exciting little people. Um, so when Duggan collided with DiBiossi, he said, that was NFL style. This time, no pads, no nothing but muscle on unclothed body. While Bosch was providing some interesting lines here, it was grating after the other matches didn't have this on. Um, the two men fought to the outside and DiBiossi went for the power drive, which Duggan backdropped out of. Boyd Pierce is in the background. Oh, I've written Respondent in a red suit with white pattern, I thought. So, um, right. yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, uh, I do find on these YouTube, I think I mentioned in the last show that I find red and green seem to... Unless yeah, this is the, me, unless this shows maybe identified I'm colourblind. <laughs> well, but, um, that would be unfortunate. But, uh, but yeah, at least but you no. know now. So, you know, there's, there's, there's <laughs> that, yeah. Diviossi was held into the ring post, but no DQ, which showed inconsistency with the earlier Taylor match. More poor Mid-South refereeing. Diviossi was busted wide open. The commentator openly said they'd been outside for over a minute, suggesting there should have been a count-out, which I actually quite liked. Um, Diviossi's selling was fantastic against Duggan's basic but not bad-looking offence. Duggan slammed punches in the corner before being remonstrated by the referee. Not remonstrated, that's not the right word, because before being told off by the referee... Um, Skandar Akbar tried to get in the ring, but Duggan fought him off. But in the melee, Diviossi got, got something from Akbar and loaded his glove, hit him, hit uh, Duggan and won by pinfall in 9-17. So um, this presentation of this commentator and, and some of his lines actually nearly made this much watch for me, but probably not for the right reasons. Uh, what did you think of Duggan and Diviossi here? So I'm trying to get a screenshot of this. Uh, did you say it's a red suit? I thought it was red, yeah. I've written down. Yeah, sorry. Red. Take it back. It is red. It is red. Okay, I'm, getting, I'm getting my shows mixed up. Fine. It's red. Fine. However, watching again, I don't think that's Boyd in the red suit. I uh, think whoever's in that red suit is commentating. That's what that's what I mean. I, 
I'm pretty confident that's who it is. Um, okay. Those okay. at home, you're looking at sort of quite near the end of the near the end of the match. What's the t- what's the timestamp on it? Let's have a little look here. I'm I'm just I'm just uh, getting onto it now. I would say it's around. And this is terrible podcasting, so I apologise. No, that's all right. I'll fill uh, the I'll fill the gaps in while. Right. Uh, while okay. So you can see the red suit from actually quite a lot from. Here we go. Let's say let's say six twenty. Let's six. say six twenty onwards. Right, I'm going six twenty. And you now. keep watching it through, and you can see the guy in the red suit. And for me, I don't think that's Boyd. I think this gentleman's older. Oh, and I might be wrong. Uh, okay, so he's on. He's on screen now. Oh, that's that's got to be bored, isn't it? I don't know. Again, unless there's some gimmick infringement. See, in, if you uh, look there, he is commentating. That person on that chair is the person. Ah, yeah, uh, yeah. Do you know what? That's he looks like he's got a headset on or something on. But then, would they be wearing headsets? No, he's got a, a mic, like a. I don't know. Oh yeah, he's got a microphone, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Moment. Maybe. I don't. Oh, I mean, it's possible it was Boyd Pierce, but. I yeah. wonder if he's, I wonder if he's just holding the microphone because he's he's the ring announcer. But is he actually speaking? Yeah. Oh, and it's I don't know. What's being said? Yeah, mystery. Oh, is it? Okay, I I yeah. passed then. No idea. I, I don't know. Um, maybe it was Boyd, but it doesn't sound like him. But yeah, it's really odd. Really odd. It sounds yeah, nothing so, like him. So maybe that is Bosch. No. Yeah. No. Um, I assume. So I looked. This was obviously a match that followed um, our watch along. Um, so I assume it was sort of like a revenge match from when he made Duggan cry. Oh yes, yeah, it was. It would, uh, yes, it would have been yeah. after that, definitely. So I was yes. actually quite invested in this because of that. If that makes oh, sense. Oh yes, so yeah. I yeah. felt, I felt this one. I felt Duggan in the next one. Um, I've googled Paul, Paul Bosch suits, and he's got a couple of like not Boy Pierce level, but there's a couple of interesting. I wonder if anyone's ever yeah, Googled that before. He does look, do you know what? He does look like, he does look like Boyd Pierce actually a bit. Um, if you Google Paul Bosch, you, 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 could, you can see a resemblance there actually in terms of, in terms of the gr- sort of grey hair. I think, that's, I think that's him. I don't think that's, um, I don't think it is Boyd actually. Yeah, no. so, so yeah, I think, I think we've, we've, we've rat in a roundabout way solved the, Solve the mystery there. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. So uh, I did notice with Diviasi, uh, he for like a, probably three matches I see him now. He does this thing where he gets in the corner and he tries to kick away with his leg, and just people just catch his leg every time. Mm. Always seems to happen to him. Um, stop doing it, mate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do think as we've discussed, we've had. I said that. The ref was sort of the star one. Cornet is the commentary on this. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was in bits at some bits. The crowd shout Dugan. I don't know if you. He then said Ted DBS. He, <laughs> he called him DBS, like as in a nickname. Um, then went on to the, in essence, the small people wrestling. Um, yeah, nothing but muscle and unclothed body. Bit weird again. Um, <laughs> then um, I actually did. The, I think I'm not sure we spoke about this on the podcast before, or just you know when we've been out for beer or whatever. But I always rated Ted DiBiase's son. Yeah, we we've talked about it not on the podcast. I thought it was good. There, there was a, there was a match. And he's just disappeared. 
this is where I need Mark because Mark's Mark's memory. This is this is I, I I've probably told this story on the on the podcast before, but I met Mark on a plane to Houston, and I thought I didn't think I was like a wrestling like I was going to say genius, but that's way too far. Like, I didn't know think I was. Like, I thought I knew a decent amount about wrestling, and then I met Mark, and I was like, okay, well, there's 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 a level above. His memory for some of this stuff is just incredible, and I wish I if he if he was on, he could probably tell me what um what when this was but there was there was a time when um ted dibiase jr was in a group with randy orton and they teased him going face and he got a really good reaction on raw and i can't remember what happened but yeah you're absolutely right i thought we had everything and i think he um he ended up trying to be an actor i think uh, in terms of ted dibiase oh, okay. jr yeah i mean yeah, he I had the look he had the body I, I thought he was i thought he was great yeah it was really really good yeah, yeah um, american businessman and actor now apparently yeah, so thirty-eight is well. Yeah, just turned. So, um, yeah, I think for this, um, I, I do think it was a bit weird actually at the end. Um, I thought the crowd went were quite quiet, quite flat at the end. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was described as a, a wallop out of the corner, <laughs> which I quite liked. But the, 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 yeah, the end, the crowd were just quite flat, which I've got this as a recommend. Um, okay. Um, but. Oh, I've got it as a yeah. I, I'd, go, I'd go recommend you got to watch this for the for, yeah. the for the for the commentary. Yeah, but because the crowd were flat at the end, it sort of really. I I finished it like. Uh. It's a heel victory, I suppose. Don't they? They were down. Their hero didn't win. Yeah, I but suppose. it was really yeah. dead. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I would definitely yeah. I'd definitely recommend giving it a watch. Just yeah, if all that's failed, you can get to listen to commentary and maybe let us know who the hell the mystery commentator. I think we've so. I think we've solved it. I think we've nailed it there. Um, right, our penultimate match is from November the 23rd. So my final year, my final day as a three-year-old. Uh, is that right? No, a two-year-old. <laughs> what year was I born? My final day as a two-year-old. Is that right? Yeah, two-year-old. Okay, maths, not a strong point. Bill Dundee versus Adrian Street, possibly a Mid-South Television Championship match. But as we'll discover in a moment, I don't think it was. So we couldn't do this live match review show without getting our good friend, Mr. Street, in, could we? We had to have Mr. Adrian Street. In fact, you had a you had a, like a, a, like a dog toy earlier on that you pulled out. And I did wonder if it was an, I did wonder if it was like an Adrian Street doll, but I suspect it's not. It's just like a doll or something. Uh, yeah, I'm not playing with dolls. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, no, it wasn't. I, I did have a little correspondence on Facebook where someone's, um, someone, well, actually, my, my theory is that someone's made an Adrian Street figure. Yes. Um, and when I inquired um, about it, I was replied to from the Facebook account called Adrian Street. And my I'm now account. wondering, it's like the fan account selling it, but it seems like Adrian Street's actual Facebook's replying to me. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit in two minds, if I'm honest, about uh, whether he, he's selling the dolls of himself on the side or not. I, I um, think I he almost certainly is. Yeah, I haven't I say, committed yeah. to purchasing it yet, but as I've said to Steve a few times, I am a probably one drunk evening away from that. <laughs> so, you know, watch out, it could be incoming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's hope so. So there's no commentary uh, on this one, thankfully. Uh, and this is from the show where the Rock and Roll Express would be facing the Midnights on the scaffold. So helpfully, the scaffold is in between the hard camera and the rings. Perfect. Um, Adrian is looking great in purple and white. Miss Linda is out there in similar colours. Adrian offers uh, his feet and hands to check as uh, the referee in a dramatic style and does a little dance. Dance? 
uh, does a little dance, vintage, vintage stuff from Wales's favourite son here. Uh, Bill Dundee has superstar and a star, oh, sorry, super and a star on his rear. And this battle for mid, well, we think it's, I thought it was mid-self television title, but I don't think it is actually. So Linda slapped Bill early on, but no DQ. So I was thinking, what, what's going on here? That's weird, no DQ. And um, the crowd are a little bit muted. Um, I think actually I read a, sorry, I'm still in your gimmick, Dan. I read a YouTube comment where someone questioned the audio on this. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the audio is slightly off on this. Um, they're also related to the scaffold. There appears to be some support ropes in the corner post of the scaffold. Um, and most of this match is filmed from a ringside handheld camera. Um, so Linda was consistently involved. It made me think whether this was actually a handicap match. Um, they did one at the Superdome. Cage match, doesn't think it is. And nor did the person that loaded this clip. But it it just it must have been it must have been so I've he, changed he tagged he tagged her in yeah it must have been so she's um, in a she's in like a leotard yeah she's in a wrestling a outfit where he tags her in and she tags out yeah yeah so I've ch I've changed on our um, but please do check out that all these matches are available on my pinned tweet there's a there's a Google Doc um, which you, which I promise you it won't take you anywhere you don't want to go on the on the depths of the internet it'll just take you to the match listings, all of them are YouTube links apart from the last stampede, which is a daily motion. Like, and they're like 10 to 20 minutes. It's like, yeah, they're all very really watchable. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Most have got good production on them. Um, apart from the last one with some dodgy commentary, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, so yeah, I, I thoroughly recommend these to everyone. And um, so, yeah, as we talked about, we think the audio was a little bit off here and it did just sound a little bit unnatural when you can kind of see the crowd reacting, but, um, but you can't hear it. And um, there's a big, though, that being said, you do get some sound when Dundee slammed Adrian's head into poor Miss Linda's. And there's a near full follow, but Adrian thankfully got out. Linda made a quick recovery, um, clearly made of tough stuff. And she was soon back in laying the boots to Dundee. The ring announcer said there were 10 minutes gone by, but it felt a little bit more like 10 months. Uh, poor Adrian had Linda's head hurled into his nether regions at 1335. And you can see the crowd standing and cheering in the background, but it didn't translate in sound. With the audio issues, odd rules, and just a flat-out odd match, this didn't do a lot for me. I'm not sure the in-ring chemistry between Dundee and Street was all that good either. Um, the finish came as Linda went for a punch on Dundee as Street held him. Dundee moved and she drilled poor Adrian instead. Dundee then pinned him in 14.33 before Miss Linda could break it up. Post-match, they beat down Dundee, including a vicious-looking pile driver but would never repeat this match in Houston again. Um, as much as it pays me to say it, I'm going to say it skip for the second time on this show. Uh, what did you think of this one, Dan? Yeah, um, yeah. YouTube comments, you said, someone just put, look at this, these are a real couple of fatsos. Other people, other people, street is the shit. Is the total total package? Oh, um, nice. Someone mentioned. I thought you we were saying Agent Street was the shits there, which I thought was a bit harsh. Uh, but Agent Street is the shit. Yeah. I suppose the uh, the extra S is uh, is all important, isn't it? There, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bill Dundee. Some Bill Dundee was Stephen Regal's butler. Um, pass. WCW. Don't know. Oh, perhaps. Um, yeah, yeah. No, he might. He might well have been. Um, you you carry on. I'm gonna look that yeah. one up. Um, as you say, scaffold up, and as a result, I don't know if this was the reason why. But I was looking forward to this one and no entrance music for Street. Absolutely. No, yeah. So devastated by that. Um, also, at the start, um, I've just listened to some podcasts recently uh, when Phil was on talking about wardrobe, wardrobe malfunctions. Dundee looks like he's taking some trousers, his trousers off. 
I don't know, like he's like he's took his t- his top. Oh off yeah, yeah. He, he had Elvis. He had an Elvis suit that he would wear. Oh, it was the Elvis suit. Okay, it was that and Elvis also, program. I can confirm he had a run in World Championship Wrestling in the early 1990s as Sir William, the manager for Lord Stephen Regal. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, good YouTube comment there. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Again, look, Adrian Street, the start bit. I am just in bits again. Like the ref going to check their boots, and he is leaning on the turnbuckle and like flicks his like holds his boot up like a ballerina like yeah to, like oh have a look at that and yeah. then like when the ref wanted to check his sort of body he's thrusting towards the ref and the ref yeah. like the ref's like running around like he's gonna get like some disease from him Do you know it what was I mean? just brilliant uh, absolutely brilliant stuff in his bum, straight, yeah. i actually also noticed um dundee did a little skip around as well to sort mm. of try and uh, emulate it um going back to the sound i don't know if you noticed the bell sounds like it's made of wood Oh, I didn't notice that, no. Oh, I don't know how you haven't. It I think this tape was... I think there was something wrong with this one because you didn't have any of these problems on the next one. The so I think there was just something like on this it tape. Was made of wood. Yeah, It was okay. absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I loved... Um, yeah, I loved the you know, street starting every match where he does that. I could see him trying to do it as well. Where he wants to get that thing in where he pretends he's going to kick you and then he just yeah. looks at his heel. <laughs> and I thought... Oh, and he went to do it and he missed it. And I was like, oh, he missed it. <laughs> and he still got it in. Oh, this guy, like, it's just ridiculous. Um, he also he also pinched the ref bum. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, a bit of, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, a bit of assault on... Uh, yeah. yeah. So, in essence, while two, the first two minutes 30 are just Adrian Street being Adrian Street. Yeah. Um, so, it's, it's, it's worth watching for that, but then the match is, is yeah, not good, Yeah, I mean, the it? crowd yeah. was really flat. Yeah. Um, and, which I was quite surprised, actually, because... When I was looking at the crowd, there was people walking around that obviously been to the bar that had, in essence, what looked like buckets of lager, <laughs> like uh, buckets of beer. Like I don't know over here when we've had like uh, you get like two pint, uh, two, two pint, pint pitcher, glasses. yeah, J- yeah. Uh, jugs. I suppose we call it, don't they? Yeah. No, no, but you know the ones where like it's two pints in one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yes, yeah. yeah. There was blokes walking around where they were like having like to use two hands to hold their beer and drinking from those. Those buckets, yeah, and, yeah. but the crowd was flat. I was thinking, wow, you're drinking all of that. Yeah, it must have been a sound issue. If it that was, was really, the case, yeah. I don't know though. I just think they were flat because, same reason you said, like, it was wasn't very good. It yeah, it wasn't very good. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the, I mean, you had the inevitable street knocking into Linda with what I'm now classing as the Mid South headbutt, which is, I think I said before always see it tag matches where the old you get the two tag partners and they bang their heads together yeah you don't see that anymore um that happened he done another one of them hurricane runners again uh, that i've mentioned before um other than that i mean i've just got I, yeah i was i'm just disappointed i just love watching him and i know it's he's coming to the end of his reign and i know that this is probably the last match i'm going to talk about him yeah yeah and i was hoping for good things um i mean he he's um i mean linda linda got linda i think i assume it was a glove of a bra from what i could see uh and obviously ended up clobbering street with it um you had the little bit at the end with the you know him beating him up but you called it then actually it's really interesting i didn't write some notes but i think you're right these two, obviously, in the last sort of, uh, you know, last few weeks on the podcast, sort of the end of 84, 
they had a few matches together. Yes. They have no chemistry. They have yeah. no chemistry. Yeah, All of their don't. matches are watchable because you're watching to see what Street does, in my opinion. Yes. Watching yeah. an, I, I'm watching it, but don't, when Street's wrestled anyone else, we've said, we've, we've, we've discussed, it's funny and he's good. Yeah. And we've enjoyed his wrestling and we think his ability is really good. Every time he's wrestled Dundee, it's, it's wooden, it, it, it doesn't work with him. Yeah. And I don't know what that is. And you do, I'm, I'm going for all different things. Like, was it a case of Dundee? Don't make, again, we've discussed how controversial this was at the time. Was Bill Dundee a case of, hang on a minute, why are you pairing me with this? I don't know. I'm not into this. He I think he's not sold on it. He, he doesn't. Yeah. Perhaps. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, think, I think Street's too I don't, want to be, I don't want to say anything you know, bad against Dundee, but you know, I'm just putting myself back, you know, trying to put myself in, the, in them times. This is, this is conspiracy not, wormhole again, isn't it? I, 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 know, I, know I don't want to be like that, but I just... No, 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 no. But that's, I'm that's trying to work I, out why does... Yeah. I know some people don't work well with others, but Street, has, we've watched him have so many... The reason we like this guy is not because he prances around the ring, let's be honest. The reason we, liked him, we like him is because actually, I remember we first watched him, he's pranced around the ring, we both sort of said, hang on a minute, okay, it's funny, but he's going to get turned over. And then we were like, whoa, hang on. This guy's, this guy's yeah. good. And then every time wrestles Dundee, it's flat. To the point, actually, where I don't think either of them sell, either of them put no. each other over very well. It's possible they had... Okay, so I would think the most likely thing is they just didn't have... They just, it just didn't click it with them in the ring. Um, Steve Austin, The Undertaker, is a good example of that. It just didn't... Maybe, maybe slightly too, too similar or, or whatever, or, you know, it just didn't mesh. That's probably the most likely, but it's, it's always possible that these guys didn't particularly get on. Um, possibly something to do with the character, or just, just they just didn't didn't get on. But I, I would imagine it's probably just just chemistry. And I, I suspect if there's a you know there's probably interviews out there, I guess for these two to speak about each other. And I would hazard a guess it's probably down to a chemistry thing. So yeah, I think this is this is a skip. But we will now move on to. Sorry, just clarify. Oh, sorry, go I wasn't asked, but I, I would say... Oh, gee, I thought you said skip. Sorry, go, go no, on, sorry. I mean, look, let's be honest, it is a skip, but it's Adrian Street, so... Yeah, so must what, watch. So the first... Yeah, yeah. Five stars. <laughs> no, no, no. So there's a reason I said that the first two and a half minutes was all Adrian Street. First two and a half minutes, watch that. Then yeah, turn yeah. Then turn it off. Yeah. And then turn on, perhaps, if you want to... November, same night, November 23rd, 84, the Scaffold Mid-South Tag Team Title Match, the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express. This is our, live, our final match on this live show look back, and it starts with Jim Cornette on the microphone talking about how he washes his hair, how the crowd doesn't, and nor does that dirty hippie Hacksaw Jim Duggan, nor the rock and roll punks. He adds that the Midnights will prove they're the greatest tag team in the world on the Scaffold, that they should have a good look at the Rock and Roll Express because it's the last time they were going to be in Houston. Um, so yeah, as we talked about, we had a commentator back on this, um, and I believe this was Bruce Tharp who originally put these matches together to be available online. He mentions Jer Jeremy Madrado is at ringside and on commentary with him, and I couldn't find anything about Jeremy. So they talk about this not being the first scaffold match in history, but it must be close. Um, and they said they were at ringside, albeit later they talk about the NWA on demand website. And I just thought, what are you doing? Who, who, who did who did you sorry, who did you think? So it was right, so I, I agree with you. I, so sorry, Bruce, Bruce sorry, Bruce or Jeremy. Bruce Tharp is the guy that originally yes. made these matches available to air online. Yeah. So, so yes. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And his dad 
Oh, I don't know who his dad is. Right, so his dad... Oh, you know a, this, do you? I'll put the hours in. Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. I'm, I'm doing you a disservice here. Go, go, carry, tell, me, tell me who his dad is. Go on, so, yeah. Well, so what do you know about Bruce Barl? Uh, I don't know anything. Name. I don't know anything about Bruce. Bruce. Oh, sorry. So I actually stopped my note taking on him because I just assumed that I'm going to be. I'm going to start talking about him, and you're going to be like, "Yeah, we all know that." Um, but, so Bruce Farp. Okay, so Bruce Farp, who uh, I don't know. You have to see a photo. He was born in 1961, right? So he, um, his dad, should I say, was. Um, well, let me let me let me let me read this. Let me read this out to you. So, um, in essence, Bruce Richard Bruce Farb, should we say, uh, American attorney, born in Florida, right? So he's the son of Chet Farb, the okay. wrestling announcer for the NWA Territory Championship Wrestling from Florida. Ah, how interesting! Farb started working for the company at fourteen, selling drinks. Um, so then, done different bits, and then. He sort of, I think, I get to just stayed involved with his dad, etc., etc. Um, and it said in August 2012, Farb's company, International Wrestling Corp. LLC, sued NWA's then parent company for insurance fraud. The case was settled out of court, with his company becoming the owners of NWA. Right. Okay. Farb, as its yep. president, during his run in the company, Farb changed the NWA's membership system, causing many, many territories to leave or fold. Uh, beginning in March 2013, the NWA in a relationship with New Japan. What started with Fart going over to New Japan shows as part of his talent as company president quickly turned him into over into an over-the-top heel. Really? Actively wow. cheated for his talent and cut condescending promos to the crowd. So they said on March 2016, NWA's partnership with New Japan uh, yeah, ended, I think. And uh, then he sold NWA to Lightning One Inc., which is owned by the Smashing Pumpkins frontman Billy Corgan uh, on the 1st of May 2017. Now he's wow, facts. So that's Bruce Farb. Yeah, wow, I'm impressed. And then Jeremy, did you get him? I didn't have anything about Jeremy, but I must be honest, I didn't look all that hard. So, so Jeremy, all I could find about Jeremy was that his surname, his, his name is, and I, this might be wrong because it's a lot harder for this one, but there, I saw that, I weren't sure if his name is Jeremy Peoples, P-E-E-P-L-E-S. Um, but having looked, I don't, because I think this commentary has been added on at a later day, yeah. his age doesn't really matter, um, but he's a staff writer at wrestlingobserver.com. Oh, I don't know. I I heard Madrado, but I could perhaps it could be perhaps perhaps use perhaps using a, a, um, a pseudonym or something here, maybe. But I mean, I mean that is possible I mean, because that I mean, is. Fif- that... I mean, fifteen hours ago, for example. Yeah. He posted a tweet to say, "I'm convinced that the only wrestling nineties, uh, sorry, the only wrestling pre nineties that Miz has seen is Mid South, and it may be Boyd Pierce's suits." Mm, I just thought. Given I've found that name, and I, like, I thought it's a bit too coincidental. I mean, there's definitely... He writes for Wrestling Observer, and he's talking about Mid-South in his tweets. I don't know, again. Yeah, it's possible. But, I mean, there's definitely that's definitely a thing, because wrestlers have done post-production commentary on shows that they've been on wrestling with different using different names. So, so it, is, it is possible that is, that is the case. 
Um, but this this stuff is is just grating in terms of why are they saying that at ringside and talking about a, a, a you know ringside at an event in November 1984 and they're talking about an NWA website? It's just like we know what this is. So yeah, I agree. I, I also think um, well, you know, I'm gonna I'll recap the match and I'll talk about the commentary commentary towards the end. Um, so um, basically. Um, there's a good ovation for the Rock and Roll Express, as always. Boyd requested that at all times during this match, the aisleways must be kept clear. The Rock and Roll climb up to the scaffold first, and this had to be about 13 or 14 feet legitimately up. It looked shaky and it looked terrifying. Would you have liked to climb up this, uh, this scaffold? You know what? No, I've made actually. It looks safer than the ring did in the previous. Okay, matches. fair enough. <laughs> what are, your, are, you, are you good with heights or are you, are you, uh, are you not very um, good with heights? Do you know what? I think I'm all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never really had a, an issue. I mean, I don't think any of these four wrestlers would have made it as scaffolders. No. They, they, they walked around this scaffolding like it was, you know, okay, they're above the ring. They're quite high above the ring. But the way they walked, you'd have thought they were on top of the Empire State Building or something. I don't yeah, know. Was, they uh, were quite tentative. Very sheepish. Um, but, yeah, I think I'd be all right. You strike me as someone that would be scared. Do you know what? I don't mind roller coasters. I can deal with that because you're strapped in. I don't. I'll go up towers and stuff. But I, the thing that I, and I but I'm a bit scared. But the things I re, the thing I really don't like is stuff like this. If I was I couldn't I'm, I could I'd go up there, but I'd be shit. Excuse my. Suppose we can swear. We already yeah. had shit, didn't we? I'd be yeah. shit scared up there. And the things I hate the most are things like cliff edges and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean cliff I do agree. With you. When you watch, um, when I see. Um, people abseiling, for example, oh, think, yeah. uh, re recently over here. Yeah, but see my view, so I uh, don't know if they have this in America, but I'm a celebrity over here, mm. which this year's in Wales or whatever. Um, at the start, they abseil. Now, okay, I look yeah. at that, and I have no issue with that, because what you because I'm like, you've got your strap, you've got, mm. you're safe. And now I know it's not safe, safe, but you still got, you fall off the wall. You're going to you be just, stopped, you just, yeah. you just hang around. But again, again I, I do think if I was on top of a scaffolding, I would be a little bit, well, if I fall here, I, I fall yeah. I'm, I'm Yeah, down. exactly. Um, and, you know, you're going to recap. I'm not going to do any spoilers here, but I was very intrigued about how the falls, because you need at least, I think you need both of the team to... To fall to win. Yeah, exactly. And I was very intrigued to see how that was going to happen, watching how they approached this scaffolding. Yeah, so they stalled a bit at the start, as you'd expect, with the usual kind of um, rock and roll trying to encourage Midnight's and Midnight's backing off. Um, and the, the, I guess, you know, I've only seen maybe one or two scaffold matches ever before this. Um, and this is the problem with them. Due to the danger, they are action light and stalling heavy. Um, and actually, you've got, you know, two of the best tag teams in the world here and they're stuck on a rickety scaffold, you know, 15, 13, 14, 15 feet up in the air. Um, so um, Gibson charged for Condry, but Condry... Contrary backed off again, and we go back to a standoff. Actually, I was going to, I was going to ask you that. So they mention these commentators, which obviously we're going to get to. So, <laughs> but one thing they do say is that it's not the first scaffold match, which, you know, I, I was just thinking, I don't know. I guess because we've watched the TV tapings, you know, we've had, we've had the. Uh, the football helmet match actually, which never happened, but um, we, you know, in this we've seen football helmet on the pole match, and we've seen a few variations, but nothing like this. Um, you know, high up and an actual 
actual probably real danger, right? Actually, uh, you know, jokes aside, they're one slip away from falling and you don't know. And, and you know, we joke about the ring set up, but <laughs> we've seen what, you know, we've seen worse. We've seen, so it made me think there's been other scaffold matches. This is a thing. So I was just going to ask you, like, do you have any recollection of another other scaffold matches have they covered that in mid south when maybe i've not seen or no i think the okay so the only the only one that springs to mind and i'm sure i've seen a couple but the one that well the one that springs to mind i think is is the um the night of the skywalkers match the road warriors versus the midnight express from starcade 86 um because i'm pretty sure that at the end of that and this is years and years and years since i watched this probably 20 years um maybe, well, maybe 15 but i'm pretty sure that Jim Cornette takes takes a really bad spill at the end of that, um, and he maybe maybe breaks his breaks his leg. Um, and I think uh, I'm just looking. I just look at Wikipedia actually here now. Um, Road Warrior Hawk actually wrestled the match with a broken leg um, as well. So yeah, they're all in all in bad shape there. But I've looked up. So the first scaffold match was held in Memphis, Tennessee, in 1971 between Jerry Jarrett and Don Green, um, and apparently the match remained exclusive to Memphis until 1984 when Mid-South Wrestling adopted it for, the, for a battle that saw the Rock and Roll Express um, uh, against the Midnight Express. So yeah, this, this, is, this is the first time this was seen in Mid-South in terms of this, this run of 15, 15 scaffold matches in, in late 84 yeah. between these two. Yeah, so I, I just thought it was just a bit... I don't know, I, maybe I just assumed this must be the first one because it just seemed... Well, obviously we discussed few weeks back when it was announced that it seems a bit off the wall so it was very weird for me to then hear that it weren't the first if that makes yeah, sense yeah it's that is that is strange um so yeah i um i don't know it's just it's just not a match it doesn't doesn't do it for me this this the danger is not it's just not conducive to a good match here um basically they finally lock up on top of the scaffold with gibson and eaton standing behind um the, the uh, Gibson, yeah, Gibson and Eaton standing behind Morton and Condry. Um, the, the two soon end up grappling on the ground with their partners at each end trying to help. Um, all four exchanging punches, but again, it's just actually quite difficult to see because you were looking up at the scaffold. And so I presume this was also really tough for people. Most of the lower bowl would have really struggled to see this. Um, there's a big rock and roll chant from the crowd um, as well. Um, and the idea of the main and the aim of the match, as we touched on, was to throw your opponents off the scaffold. So we got a few hope spots with people near the edge, like you know, you imagine in the Royal Rumble uh, being held on the ropes, kind of thing. Eventually, after lots of the similar sort of stuff, there's an incredible looking spot with Eaton and Gibson hanging from the middle of the scaffold, very akin to Hang Tough on Gladiators back in the day. I think we talked about we talked about Gladiators, didn't we? We, talk, we, yeah. we were Gladiators fans. Um, they kicked each other until finally Eaton took a fall into the ring. The commentator said that he had suffered severely, he severely injured his back after what he described as a 30-foot fall. 30 feet! I mean, it was, it was probably not even half that. And this is a commentator that's adding that after the fact. What's he doing? Gibson then kicked Condry off the scaffold for the win in 14-29. Um, this was tough to judge fairly as I really hated what they did with the production of this match so much in terms of putting commentary after the fact. And it, and it makes me question what sort of ego does someone have to, add, have to have to add commentary to a Rock and Roll Express versus Midnight Express match from 1984, pretend they're there, but they're not, talk about farcical things like a 30-foot drop and the website, which I presume meant they'd also, not only did they put 
classic Mid-South on a website. They've also developed a time machine to go and commentate at, at ringside. Um, it's really left a sour taste in my mouth, as you may be able to tell. And um, Dan, before I rant any more, what did you think about this, uh, this scaffold match? So I'm going to leave my views on the commentary out until we get to this segment that you're going to bring up in a minute about the commentary, because I've got my own thoughts and views. Oh, so I've just done that. I've just done that. That's all I've got. I thought you commentary. said you were going to come back to it. No, no, that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm right, done well, with let, the me, commentary, let me yeah. give my views about the commentary. Yeah. I agree. Like, so, do you know what? I actually, <laughs> actually originally, I, I wasn't sure if you were going to go into a joke then about how how what do you say how um how arrogant or how yeah you, how, what, what, you what, what an ego I, I actually thought how big's your ego if you think that you can talk about 1980s wrestling in 2020 <laughs> but uh you didn't um but to be honest when they first started talking i was willing to give them the benefit that i knew straight away it wasn't from then right yes. straight away but i was willing to give the benefit of the doubt because do you know what that's what we're doing right now yeah so i thought it's two guys that are commentating on this and it would be like me and you commentating on a match. Yeah. Right. So I was willing to go, do you know what? Who am I to not these fellas when we record this and you do your guests that are, some of them weren't there at the time, etc. Right. However, if we did that, we would number one, make it massively clear that we were commentating now. And, and that's the way I think you've got to do it. You do it documentary style, give some background on what a match. You don't, yeah. don't insult the viewers. Like, like, like how we did the watch along, right? Like yeah, exactly. how we did the watch along. We weren't, and, and also we never profess on this that we know, right? No, we, yeah. give, we give our opinions from now, right? And then if, if in doubt, we go to Wikipedia or, or the, the, Two of the uh, pods I've just listened to with um, Phil and Phil and Terry, right? They were there. Yeah. So they tell us from from what it was like when they were there. Okay, great, right? Because I get that. Yeah, you were listening, you were there, or whatever. Fine, you're giving us your opinion there. But these two guys start off, and then you're like, "Hang on a minute, are you trying to pretend that you're commentating live?" I sort of get what they're trying to do, but. It just doesn't work. And like you say, things like he's fallen from 30 foot. Yeah. Come on, mate. He's not for, they, uh, for me, they spent so long talking about the lights on the ceiling. Oh my God. They were burning. They're so close to the, the, the arena lights. They must be burning them. It's like, yeah, they're discussing. On, I put it, they were discussing that that's as an element that up there, they would, they were, they were making it out like on that scaffold because they were near the lights. It was like the Sahara Desert they were fighting. Yeah. That's how they were making it. They also were just talking. I'll put it, I'll put it, they emphasised the scaffolding and just the absolute obvious. Like, oh, he's got blood in his eye. He might not be able to see. Yeah, oh, it could, be, it could be fatal. They could have could a fatal fall. They kept going on about it. Yeah. Oh, you know, in essence, they were sort of saying they're near the light, so they might get a bit hot. Yeah. And they got something in their eyes, so they might not be able to see. But they made it as in, they are wrestling in the Sahara Desert blind. <laughs> yeah. That's how they made this sound. And it was, and it, and it, however, however, I was just about to say the sentence, it took it away from the match. But because of the way, because of this match, it didn't take away from the match because there was nothing in this match. Yes. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing in this match, it could have really done with a camera high up. Yes, it really and could I thought have done. To myself, how would you do that? I'll tell you how you could do that. With some scaffolding. <laughs> <laughs> but 
They've done the scaffolding in the ring. How about put some scaffolding up next to it with a camera on it? Yeah, I guess this was. How have you said? I wonder that if they didn't really want you to see what was going on up there, because they were talking about, oh, they're landing on steel. No, they're not. Sorry, they're landing on steel on the top of the scaffolding. I don't know if anyone's ever seen scaffolding, but when the scaffolder puts the scaffold up to walk along the scaffolding, you're not walking along steel. Yeah, no. They put yeah. floor down, right? That even little things like that annoyed me, right? I, because because I don't even care that it's in 2020. You put the mid south commentators on that, they wouldn't say ridiculous things like that. No, Bill Watts would, would never have said thirty. They would be realistic. Not a chance. Yeah, they wouldn't be saying they're wrestling. They're wrestling on the top of steel. They're not wrestling on steel. No, um, it was. But again, it that annoyed me. The commentary. I don't. Uh, I've gone off on one in there because you, you set me off, but I don't think I was annoyed about you as much as you're in the commentary, but I was very annoyed about the, the camera yeah. and the fact that, you know, okay, if you're there, you, I don't think you could see there. And that, I think that was a testament to at the end of the match, it was so flat, right, again, that they'd won the match and all I could see from the crowd is they were all trying to get out quickly to beat the traffic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They weren't, they didn't think I'll tell you what, put it like this. When The Undertaker and Mankind and he threw him off hell in the cell and all that happened, I didn't see people go, right, finished, quick, let's get out before the end of the let's get out before no. the end of the music. People stayed and guess what? They clapped. What clapped the people out, right? This is a, a feature match. Dangerous match. Look, don't get me wrong, this is dangerous, this match. Right? You'd have thought they'd have got like a round of applause or oh, well done, but the fans couldn't see what they were doing. No, so exactly. So I think even, even us with, with, you know, there was cameras near, like, around the, around it. But, I mean, there was about a good 30-second segment when I was just looking at um, the Rock and Roll Express's backsides. Yeah, it's true. And it just, do you know what? I'm upset because I remember reviewing the TV shows where they talked about this match. Mm. And I remember ringing you and saying to you, we don't get to see this then. Where is yeah, it? And I yeah, remember getting yeah, you to yeah. find it and send yeah. it because I wanted to see it. And yeah. when you sent it to me, you said, although we might review this. So I left it. And I was so happy. I was like, yes, brilliant. So I think I was a bit more, I can't believe that. I haven't seen it. If I was to take any good bits about it, I did like the whole, the, I guess I thought originally it's just going to be a pure fight on the top of the scaffold. But actually, I did quite like how Sometimes they used it a bit like a child's climbing frame. Yeah, that was I good. Quite like them little bits like, you know, you go to get thrown off, but then obviously what the scaffolding allows you to do is rather than just dangle, you can grab the grab the side and all that. I also did like he didn't fall from thirty feet, but I did like the sort of the monkey bar type gladiators, you know, fighting fighting with your legs. That was that was the best I thought that was the best that, part that, of the whole match, was, wasn't it? That yeah. was really good. And obviously why that happens Next thing you know, the other guy's hanging and you know he's going to fall. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it was just disappointing. And, but the problem is, is I've actually put, I, I, I've actually put recommended. Wow. Only, but I'll tell you why. Not in a good way. Okay. I've put recommended. So bad I know it's good, fact, can't I? Well, not even so bad it's good, actually. It's more that 
for anyone that's been listening to your podcast, they would have seen that it built up to this match. Mm. So I recommend it because I feel if you've been listening and watching, you need to see this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you also need to, you know, let's be honest, as we discussed before, it's a niche podcast, right? Yeah. It's a niche topic. You need to watch this to, to actually, I actually only think you need to watch it to get as annoyed as we have about this commentary and about yeah. the camera angle. Yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. The camera angle, yeah. look, yeah. camera angle's from the time. There's not much to think about it. But the commentary, I just want other people to be as annoyed as, as yeah, this is what? the first time me and you yeah. spoke about this. Yeah, yeah, And we yep. just both agree. Yep. And I just think it'd be good if other people, like, watched it for that, really. And also, it is different. It's novelty. But... I, I think you've got. To, I think you're right. I think in terms of the the end of the the end of the Rock and Roll Express Midnight Express, you know, if you want to see what these scaffold matches look like, then have a watch of this and get as annoyed about this commentary as I as I did. But you know, my my final thought was I went for it was an all right. It was all right for historical purposes, but this would be right at the bottom of a list of matches between these teams that you, you should go out of your way to watch. You, you've got there's probably it's probably there must be twenty to twenty five, if not if not 30 matches between these guys, significant length matches that you can find online, um, especially some of, you know, some of their, their Crockett stuff later. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't get out of the way. So we've, we've, we've left, we've left uh, this look back on a bit of a downer, but it has been really enjoyable and there's lots of really good stuff in there. Um, so I do encourage people to have a, have a look at these, um, have a look at these matches. Um, and we've got some news. So as of next week, the podcast is moving. It's moving to Tuesdays because as of Tuesday, the 15th of December, guess what? The 15th of December, 1984 episode will be released on December the 15th, 2020. Or as Paul Bosch said, 220. Um, so yes, so that's what, that's what we're doing. It's annoyed me for many, many months. So we're, we're linking it back in on Tuesdays. Um, but thank you very much for taking a look back down uh, memory lane with us. Dan, any final thoughts on the, on this, this scaffold match or these matches overall before we, before we get out of here? No, I said, look, we've been on downer, but as we said earlier, look at the links and you don't have to watch them all. You can just pick and choose. Obviously, yep. we would say pick the ones you recommended, but you may hear some of the ones we said were a bit boring and gone, well, it sounded like that. You always but, that. Yeah, yeah. But as I say, get, it's an easy, they're easy watches. They're quick, you know, got nothing else to do watch them on the loo do you know what I mean but it's worth it it's worth it it's uh you know it's just it's just yeah give it a go yeah I think I think definitely give it a go thank thank you very much for for listening everyone and uh Dan where can people find you online at Dan P FFC and obviously on the Mid-South account when they decide to retweet me yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah we'll we'll be doing we'll do more we are back in uh, back on on if you've got nothing else to do on New Year's Eve, actually I'm going to rephrase that. What better thing could you want to do on New Year's Eve than listen to us talk about Tuesday night in Texas, the one-off WWF pay-per-view from December 1991. So we'll be back on the new on New Year's Eve, December 31st. Joel Watts's birthday, so it'll be Joel Watts's. Uh, so Joel Watts's 21st was December 84. So 26 years on will be Joel Watts's 47th birthday. Sorry, 36 years on, isn't it? Not 26 years on. I've, I've, uh, I've 
reduced my age by 10 years there. So it'll be his 57th birthday. So join us on Joel Watts' 57th birthday. And I look forward to speaking to you all again very soon. Hello, everybody. I am Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express. And if you would like to purchase some merchandise from World's number one Mid-South Wrestling Podcast, check it out, all the products. That's on redbubble.com. People, Mid-South Moments. They have everything from T-shirts, phone cases, mugs. Remember now, redbubble.com. People, Mid-South Moments. Thanks very much, Ricky. And that link again is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Mid-South Moments. Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed it, why not head over to Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button, follow on Spotify or press whatever you need to where you listen to this show to receive the episodes as soon as they are released. We love reviews at Mid-South Moments. So why don't you make my day by leaving a five-star rating? Also, if you're interested in guest hosting in the future, please do reach out at MidMoments on Twitter. And I look forward to speaking with you all again very, very soon.